Welcome to episode 11 of Public Speaking and Presenting Made Easy. Public Speaking and Presenting Made Easy is an online show and a podcast. It's full of tools, tips, techniques and advice in bite-sized chunks that will help you stand up and speak with confidence every single time. Now I spent two years asking hundreds of people what they found difficult about public speaking and presenting and this podcast is all about what they told me and I will show you how to overcome all of those difficulties. If you have fear or anxiety over public speaking, or if you struggle to structure and write your talk, if you want to influence your audience to take action or to decide to buy something, this podcast is for you. Always friendly, always to the point, no waffle, no padding. This is Public Speaking Presenting Made Easy. Episode number 11, laughter is the best medicine. Laughter might be the best medicine. But like all medicines, when taken at the wrong time or in the wrong dose, it can be fatal. And as a speaker, there is nothing, there is nothing more painful than an attempt at humour that goes down like a lead balloon. I remember one painful experience. Oh, I shudder just to remember it. I was speaking at a management away day at a large firm. I was, I was, there, I was doing some consulting for them. So they asked me to come and do a, like a half-hour slot at their management away day. And the CEO had just spoken. He'd announced that the firm now had an order book of a billion euros, okay, which is was amazing for a family business with just a couple of thousand employees. So I was up to speak shortly after CEO. And without really thinking it through, I just kind of ad-libbed this remark at the start of my presentation about the, uh, frankly, uninspiring goals that the company had set itself. Ouch, right? I mean, my intention, okay, was good. I was trying to be ironic, you know, saying the opposite of what was true for an obvious comedic effect. In truth, the company goals were impressive. Their performance was inspiring and everyone should be proud of what they'd achieved over the last year. However, in that room on that day, the irony did not work. The CEO thought I was not being funny. In fact, he thought I was criticising him in front of his whole team and he went red with anger. And then, for the entire rest of the day, every speaker who came after me stood up and started their presentation by saying how glad they were to work at that firm with such inspiring goals. Oh, dear. Humour is hard. Okay, it's a sharp, two-edged blade. And if used well, it can cut right to the heart of a problem, it can diffuse tension, and it can build rapport. And if you use it wrong, you can injure yourself badly. So here are my top tips for how to use humour in your next presentation or speech. Number one, always be the fall guy. If you're going to tell a joke, if you're going to tell a story, always ensure that you are the butt of the joke. You can make fun of yourself, but not make fun of other people. So always make sure that you are the full guy, you are the butt of every joke. Number two, beware international audiences, okay? Because humor, <laughs> humor does not translate. Yep, humor is closely tied to the culture and the worldview that created it, which means that jokes do not translate well and they do not travel across international boundaries. Let me give an example. This joke always reduces my Spanish father-in-law to tears. Why does the dog bury his bone in the garden because he does not have any pockets exactly not funny right number three irony is best avoided as i discovered at my peril 
Irony is the hardest humour to use safely. You might get away with calling a, a new Porsche an old banger, but best not to do it if, if it's the client's new Porsche, only if it's yours. Now, humour diffuses tension. Okay, if you're dealing with an intensive subject, if it's emotionally charged or it's sad, then some humour can effectively diffuse the tension and allow you to move forward and change the emotional tone and energy in the room. I remember I ran a workshop with uh, a bunch of disabled veterans and many of them used humour as a way to change the mood as they told their story and their journey to recovery. Now there's truth in the old saying that a great speech will make them laugh and make them cry. But finish with the laughter, right? not tears. I mean, Laughter is amazing. We're, we're able to laugh from about 15 weeks old. And laughter researcher Robert Provine said, laughter is a mechanism that everyone has. Yet laughter is part of the universal human vocabulary. There are thousands of languages, hundreds of thousands of dialects, but everyone speaks laughter in pretty much the same way. Yeah, we never notice that. Yeah, laughter sounds the same in any language. Yeah. Babies learn to laugh before they learn to speak. And did you know that children who are born blind and deaf still have the ability to laugh? In fact, and this is amazing, uh, studies have shown that laughter, okay, that's been induced just by watching a silly movie like Karl uh, Marx Brothers, not Karl Marx, <laughs> not Karl Marx comedies, Marx Brothers comedies, okay? <laughs> laughter induced by Marx Brothers movies can produce up to two hours of pain-free sleep in patients who've got chronic conditions. That's amazing, right? See, laughter releases endorphins, which make us feel good. It reduces the production of stress hormones, cortisol and epinephrine. I mean, King Solomon wrote in the book of Proverbs that a joyful heart is good medicine. And in fact, a study published in the year 2000 found that people who suffer from heart disease are 40% less likely to laugh and find humour in their day. Right, I have got a brilliant guest on this week's edition of Public Speaking Presenting Made Easy. It is the amazing Dave Berman. Now, I met Dave at an uh, online networking event a couple of months ago, and I thought I just need to spend some more time uh, chatting to this man. So Dave is an internationally recognised laughter expert. He's also a coach, consultant, author, and public speaker. And uh, you may have heard of Dave before because he's best known for producing laughter demonstration videos every day for nearly three and a half years. It just makes me want to laugh when talking about it. He's got a unique blend of laughter and hypnosis, which he calls laugh gnosis um, and is exploring the inside out understanding of life via laughing on purpose i'm delighted to uh, welcome to the screen dave berman hi dave how you doing hey mark thank you i couldn't have written a better introduction myself <laughs> started already <laughs> so uh, so i'm in uh, malmesbury in the uk you're in australia at the moment is that right yes i'm in melbourne australia Wow. So what's what's lockdown life been like in, in, in Australia? Well, in the first wave, Australia did very, very well. Yeah. And then there was a, there was a scandal. Apparently, Australians who were returning to their home country and had to quarantine in hotels, uh, apparently some of the security who were there to look after the premises and those people got intimately involved with some of them. And so that is what led to the second wave, the second outbreak here. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. So then there was, you know, some containment at first and it didn't hold and it just got bigger and bigger. And so there was 
you know, enough of a, of an outbreak here that we went into a really severe, strict level four lockdown and we've been in it for quite a while. The numbers are finally just now coming down. Some restrictions are just now starting to ease, but we're, we're still, we're still locked down. Today's what, September 22nd. I don't know when people will be hearing this or seeing it. Yeah. So probably a, a week or so from, from now. And we're, we're, I think we're just on the verge of starting to go back into some form of lockdown here in the, here in the UK. It's, it's crazy. I was chatting to my son um the other week he's he's 20 uh just about to go 21 he's at, at uni but i said to him so you're now living through something that your children will study in school history lessons i mean that's just that's just astonishing isn't it yeah and i know that my experience i, I mean i'm sure everybody's experience is unique in in ways and also similar to others uh, in many ways too, but I've really been reflecting on the ways that my experience has been unique. And I'm, I'm really happy to tell you that I've had a, a great surge of creativity during this time where I've been otherwise alone, but connecting with people online. And I've also felt a, an expansion of sort of my spiritual grounding and the two are, are totally one thing, you know, and it's all, it's all from laughter. Mm. Well, well, well yeah. tell us a bit, a bit more about that then. Um, so, I, I guess so. I just I first encountered you um, at an online networking event, and there must have been like eighty or ninety people on this Zoom call, and then you just got us all to start laughing spontaneously. I mean, I've never never experienced anything like it uh, in, in my life. So, what what's the kind of the elevator summary of of what it is that you you do and how it works? Well, okay, so that's a couple of questions all bundled into one there. So, yeah, right. So, so help people understand laughter as the sound of joyful breathing. So it's something that we're born with. It's already inside us and we can choose to allow it out anytime. And when we look within to our breath and sound and bring this intentional inside out orientation to exploring our laughter it shines our inner light on gifts we've always had but don't always see so other birthrights things that babies and children have on display all the time spontaneity authenticity curiosity creativity resilience if you watch babies and children they evidence all of these things and as adults we just kind of lose track of the fact that we have unlimited access to unlimited amounts of all of these things. And so laughter kind of creates a portal in which we can explore and discover. And it, <laughs> it, it, will, it will absolutely uh, bring a whole new way of looking at life into your experience. And it's also a, a very healthy form of exercise. It reduces stress. It uh, boosts the immune system, normalizes blood pressure, does a, a whole lot of other things too. So um, we we exercise our mind and body and spirit and, and we learn a whole lot about ourselves uh, through laughing on purpose. Well, that, okay, that's, that's, that's a great summary. Um, and uh, I, I, I think we'll come back to, to dig into that a little bit more um, uh, in a couple of minutes because there's, there, there's a lot there. But one, one of the things I... Uh, really kind of appreciate listen to you talk you know just 
think about public speaking presenting for a second is that you've got a a unique story a unique message you know you're explaining something that i've never heard anyone else talk about um at all you know and i've been in around sort of the coaching world for for a long time um and the personal development world space for a long time and so you've got a unique story you've got a unique message and you've got a very clear way of describing it so that every man can understand it it's not academic um but the you, i think that i can hear hints of academia behind it so have you had yeah. some kind of kind of training in sort of in medical or, or ther- therapy or something like that that's kind of informed your work yeah well there's a lot of that um in 2015 i co-wrote a book called laughter for the health of it and now it feels really outdated considering the continued evolution of my professional training and experience uh but some of the things that have been part of my background um, i have a communication degree from cornell university i was a radio announcer for 10 years this is just sort of setting the stage for being a, a speaker among other things i studied to be a coach and a hypnotherapist i studied mindfulness and i've explored this inside out understanding of life that's often referred to as the three principles which is kind of the name of its origin from sydney banks and more you know more currently the way that i relate to it often is called subtractive psychology and so between oh and i should say laughter yoga which is the um that's that's the the sort of formal laughter training that that i had but what i'm doing with laughter now has has really transcended that and it's become for me a way of pointing people to this subtractive psychology this inside out understanding that i think is just so visible on display like i was saying about looking to children and babies to to just see everything that we're born with subtractive psychology or the inside out understanding it's an explanation of every experience that any of us have ever had you can see kind of the the fingerprints of these principles on every aspect of life but you won't see it if you're not looking you won't see it if you don't understand it and you won't get it from my words so you need to go beyond the words you need to have experience that helps you realize or discover through your own insights what it is that i'm pointing to and i'm not the first to point to it i'm saying that i've had training where others have pointed to it for me and i've gotten it like here you know intellectually for a while at first and then by experience that i had particularly two years living in vietnam not speaking the language wandering around the city just laughing and playing with the people i spontaneously encountered this went a long way for me in getting this understanding out of just my head and into my body and it allowed me to see how laughter can be a way of pointing to this for other people which is what i'm doing now fascinating fascinating so as you're working to kind of grow your business you need to get the message out there you you you're having to educate people to the almost the fact that there's they've got a need first of all that they might not realize that they might not realize there's a problem here that that you're able to to, to solve 
um, and then how you can help them through your different your your books and your coaching and your training your seminars all these kind of different things so what role does um sort of public speaking play in that and how have you made that the transition during lockdown to doing a lot more uh online stuff or were you already there given that you're kind of operating globally yeah i've been i've been almost entirely online for a long time speaking gigs uh notwithstanding obviously i have spoken all around the world as i've traveled and now sometimes to larger audiences online but mostly the the audiences are smaller and it's every day and it's been every day for a long time for me so it, it like it doesn't even feel like public speaking you know like i'm i, I just i don't know i just i just hang out with people <laughs> and we breathe and make sound and then talk about the experience and people's minds explode and they're different so <laughs> um that's that's my life that's how it works yeah absolutely and i think you you kind of tapped tapped into certainly one of the things that i i cover on my courses is if you can get to the point where you realize that public speaking regardless of the the venue or the technology whether you're in the room or you're on a on a zoom call or something actually you're having a conversation with people and to, to, to get away from the reading reading an article that reading out an essay that you wrote right which is kind of where people often start and you you, you get to the point where actually you're having a conversation and it sounds like you and you're comfortable being you and you speak the way that you speak um and people feel like they get to know you through through through, through the speaking what what would you say is um as you were kind of uh, learning to promote your uh, promote your business and and, and do your teaching and, and training What's kind of like the one or two most valuable lessons that you learned that helped you grow as a as a speaker and a presenter? Let go of planning. Like just just show up and trust that I have everything I need already inside me and it shows up when I need it. And it's not just me. I'm not saying that that's a gift I have and it's unique and special and because I've got this, I can do this. I'm telling you what I know to be certain about all people that they don't know about themselves. And so when I show up the way that I show up and I tell them, look, this is true about you too. And you, you won't, you don't have to take my word for it. You have to see it within yourself. So let's look inside by our laughter. <laughs> we'll just have at it and just laugh for a while and then we'll talk about it. And it doesn't really matter what observations are made because it's different every time but the conversations that emerge from these observations about the inner experience of laughter they will always point back to the unlimited access to these these unconditional birthrights you know that that they're always there we we can we can access them anytime we, we can't laugh at everything, but we can laugh at any time. Okay, so so Dave, one, one of the things that often um, uh, I'm talking to, to people about is when they have nerves uh, and they get stressed about wanting to um, start public speaking, they're worried about they won't know what they're losing a train of thought or they won't be able to answer a question and stuff like that. So from, from your experience and your, your background in um, laughter therapy and coaching, 
what advice would you give to, to people who are kind of struggling with those assumptions um, about what might happen and that's that's stopping them getting out and sharing their story and promoting their business? Yeah, I don't, it's, well, first of all, you don't need any techniques to deal with this differently. What you need is an understanding that you're mm-hmm. okay, that you're feeling the nature of thought taking form in any and every moment. And that just as you've survived every moment of your life up until now, you'll survive whatever happens when you speak. And in fact, you'll find that you've already got what you need inside you and it will show up for you when you need it. So developing this understanding that you can trust yourself in that way, that's, that's, yeah, that's where the good stuff is at. Right, because we've all been thinking every day our whole life. <laughs> we've all been speaking every day for most of our life, bar a year or two. So we know, we, yeah, we know how to do this, and it's just we get in our own heads, don't we? Um, yeah. And well, thoughts are inevitable. Believing them is optional, and it's beyond just whether to believe or not believe a particular thought. It's understanding the nature of thought that is so transformative. And I've just found that spending time laughing with people makes it easier to see the nature of thought in our experience. Because as you said, that's how it's been happening our whole lives. We just don't always recognize it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, this, this has been great, Dave. Um, we've, we've been teasing people a lot talking about what it is you do. So what, why don't you just take a couple of minutes to um, tell us a little bit about what you do, um, how people can, can find you, how you might be able to help them uh, grow in their, in their business and their, you know, and what, it, what, what do you do apart, apart from make people <laughs> laugh and, and have a great day? Well, it's, not, it's, it's never making people laugh. It's an invitation to discover your laugh is already inside you. You have unconditional access to unlimited laughter. And you have unlimited access to unconditional laughter. Unconditional laughter means we're laughing without depending on anything external, not jokes, not comedy, not exercises. We're just recognizing laughter is the sound of joyful breathing. So it's best if I don't tell people about it. It's best if we experience it together. Will will you come back on the screen and laugh with me, Mark? Okay, (laughs) put on the spot. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, so let's just do a few deep breaths. And with each exhale, just allow the sound ha to come out. And each breath that we do, divide the ha one more time. So the second breath will be two, two ha's and then three and four. And each, each time, feel a forceful push from your diaphragm. And before you know it, we'll be laughing. So let's take a okay. deep breath in. <sighs> yeah, it feels great when you add the smile to it as well. Let's do it again with two sounds. Okay. And three. Four. This is great radio. One more time with sounds. You can keep track. 
Ha 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 mad? <laughs> Honestly, this is just like proof of concept. You know, yeah, this, is, yeah. this, is, this is this is just a place to start to see this phrase. Laughter is the sound of joyful breathing. Mm. Right. And when yeah. we start from that premise and we look inside for for everything else to do with our laughter, it will help us discover everything else to do with confidence and resilience and inner peace and a playful spirit. It will do away with psychological suffering. Not the laughter itself. The laughter is not a cure. It's not a technique. It's a learning platform as well as a, a, an exercise, but it's, it's pointing to something that's already there to be seen, although you won't see it all the time. And that's okay. That's, that's the, the relevance and the importance of developing this understanding. Understanding that sometimes you'll see it and sometimes you won't. You know, if, if you take away the part of this that's really new for most people about it being unconditional and you just say well you've got a lifetime experience laughing it's just that most of the time you've laughed because something was funny but how many times have you missed the joke and not laughed or maybe you missed it at first and then a moment later what happens when it clicks for you <laughs> you just start laughing because the laughter was already there and then it came out. Yeah. So we, we have a lifetime of history of seeing it and not seeing it. It's okay not to see it all the time. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's, uh, that's fantastic, Dave. Um, so if people wanted to connect with you, where, where, do, they, where do they go? How do they, um, how do they find you if they wanted to, to, to find out more, work with you? Yeah, DaveBermanCoaching.com is definitely the place to connect with me. Um, I'm currently building a new program. It's launched, uh, but it's it's very new. It's it's basically a sanity support system, and people have the opportunity to laugh with me on Zoom every day and to access this massive library that I've created. I, I've I've made many, many thousands of hours of videos about laughter in, in a lot of different contexts. And so I've distilled down about 50 hours to this library that people get access to in the Principles of Laughter program. That's what it's called, the Principles of Laughter. And so we can laugh together and you can spend your time as you like browsing the library and um, exploring this inside out understanding of laughter and life. So, Dave, as as we were getting ready for this um, for this this conversation today, one of the questions I asked you to think about was uh, think of one one time when you really learned, um, you know, uh, a great a great lesson through through public speaking or getting ready for some public speaking. Is, is there a story that comes to mind? Um, you know, a great thing that you learned. Yes, actually, there's two stories because the question you asked me was, you know, maybe it's from a big success or maybe it's from a flop. And so one example of each came to mind that really points to the same lesson. I can remember when I 
was a brand new coach and my training was primarily in NLP at that point, Neuro Linguistic Programming. I set up a public speaking event at a place called Moonrise Herbs in Arcata, California. And somehow, miraculously, I sold out the room. There's 20 seats. And I think it was because I said I was going to do a, a demonstration of uh, a phobia relief process. And I, I got someone to volunteer who has uh, had arachnophobia. And I went to a pet store and I, I got them to let me take a tarantula that I knew this woman was terrified of. And I had to make sure that I... Uh, you know, could could handle whatever emotions I would have, and I I handled the tarantula and uh, said, okay, I'm going forward with this. And for you know a few days leading up to this event, I I kept telling myself, oh, I got to do some preparation, I got to make an outline, this, that, and the other thing, and I kept putting it off. I just like wouldn't do any preparation other than yeah, I had a plan to uh, work with this one volunteer with the spider phobia, and. Actually, I'd learned how to do the spider phobia in my training, but I'd never done it before. So I was really kind of uh, setting myself up to perform without a net. Uh, live audience, it was being filmed, and, and I knew later uh, I was going to put it on the public access TV channel in, in the community. And it went splendidly well, even with no preparation and the beating myself up that I did, struggling to try to make myself prepare, that was part of the lesson, you know, that I, I didn't really need to do that. And then like five and a half years later, I was getting ready to launch a, a speaking tour of the Eastern U.S. meant to support my departure from from the U.S. actually in the beginning of 2017, which did happen. This was going to, uh, this was called the Help the World Laugh Tour. And the very first event on the tour was in my friend's living room. And we had a bunch of people there. And I thought that it was so important to get people like really spiritedly uh, in support of this mission that I had to help the world laugh. And I'd been making the uh, daily laughter videos at that point every day for it was like eight or nine months. I can't remember exactly when this event was. Um, and so I had all these stories to share of the people who had been appearing in my videos, really inspiring and impactful stories about the way laughter had been changing the lives of these people that I'd been making videos with. And I decided to use that living room presentation as my first attempt at PowerPoint. <laughs> such an informal, such an informal setting. And I, was it and projected I, onto the wall or on the telly or where was it? Yeah, where did we project it? I think it must have been on the wall um, from my computer. And and so I'd, I'd worked, I'd worked for days on putting together this PowerPoint presentation, like totally forgetting. Yeah, my, oh, I, I probably forgot to tell you the most valuable thing about the, uh, the workshop at Moonrise Herbs, over time, I think 16 or 17 out of the 20 people 
who attended became clients, not to mention the ones who became clients because of watching that video on television. And I just somehow completely disregarded that, you know, six years later, and I'm in my friend's living room, and I've got, I've got to show people who I'm talking about, you know, the the still images of my guests from my videos, and, and you know, like little fact sheets about where they're from, and, you know, the, the highlights of their story. I spent all this time preparing to do this presentation and then I was of course so in my head and so like having to look up at what was being projected who am I talking about next and it just it, it took me so out of the moment and it, it did not go well and I did not make any money from that event that was you know meant to be a fundraiser and, I, and of course you know it got easier when I took off and I, and I did the tour and then I did wind up leaving the U.S. and um, I just think of that story, though, as really teaching me the same lesson that the big success story taught me. They, they both said what I don't question at all anymore. It's just show up and trust that I've got everything I need already inside. And I'll get what I need when I need it. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's such a, a valuable lesson. You know, as, as a speaker, you need to be yourself and not pretend to be someone else or copy what you've seen someone else doing and thinking, oh, well, if, if I do it the right way, you know, if I copy this person, if I do it like that, you know, and all of these, all these assumptions and these burdens we put upon ourselves, which all yeah. they end up doing is, like you said, get in your own head and they get in the way, you know, pe people have come to see you, not you pretending to be someone else. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, be I mean, honest. Yeah, one, one of my teachers is, is a guy named Jamie Smart, and he, he's got a great saying that when you've got nothing on your mind, you're free to give your best. So all that preparation is too much on, on the mind. Just, just go and show up and be and trust that you've got what you need. Excellent. Are, when you've got are, nothing on your yeah, mind, you're free you're to give free your to best. Give Excellent. Yeah. I'll buy that T-shirt. <laughs> And on that bombshell, <laughs> we'll say, Dave Berman, thank you very much indeed. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Mark. Well, this has been Public Speaking Presenting Made Easy. I'm Mark Faithful from the Malmesbury Speakers Academy. Just search Malmesbury Speakers on Facebook, YouTube and Instagram. You'll find me there. Leave a comment, ask any questions you have, and let me know what topics you'd like to see me cover in a future episode. Until next time, bye for now. <laughs>